Interwomack Ministries presents this session from the 2014 Karis Bible College Campus Days. We pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. I tell you, Jesus is alive and well, and what I was talking about this afternoon is that He's done His part. It's up to us to receive what He's already done, and I tell you, that is a totally different mindset. Let's turn back over to Mark chapter 4. This is where I started this morning. And I know that our students in this school, this is one of the very first things that I teach. And many of them heard it. But you know what? I've heard this hundreds, maybe thousands of times. And it still blesses me. This is one of the things about the Word of God. You know, the Word of God, you never mine everything out of it. And most people just skim the surface and they, they get to where they, oh yeah, I've heard that scripture. And they think that that's all that there is to it. But man, you can take scripture and meditate on it and just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. And the deeper you go, the richer it gets, the more you get out of it. You know, I can go back. I do this often and take scriptures that I have memorized. I can quote them. And yet I will just sit and meditate on that scripture. And I never do that, that I don't get more revelation. You cannot understand the complete depths of all of the word of God. So this is simple stuff, but this is really profound. I started talking about how that the word of God is to the kingdom of God, the way that seeds are to this natural world. And that's what Jesus was teaching. He taught parables and talked about the word of God being like a seed. And so let's go down to Mark chapter four. And in verse 26, this is a parable. I'm going to come back and then tomorrow and uh, tomorrow night and Saturday, I'll probably be teaching on uh, the sower sowing the seed, which is another parable right here. But I wanted to first of all, go down to verse 26. And Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. You know, it's a real simple passage. It's very understandable what he's talking about in the natural realm. But the spiritual application of this, most people haven't really seen these truths. And this is essential that you understand how the Word of God works in your life. So first of all, he's not talking about seed. He's using that as an example of how the word of God works. And he says that it's like a man who puts seed in the ground. He just throws seed on the ground. And then notice it says that he sleeps and rises night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. There's a lot in these verses. I'm going to skim through this and not say everything. I've got other teaching that goes into more detail if you want to really get it. But this is powerful. First of all, it shows that when you put the seed in the ground, you have to sleep and rise over and over and over. In other words, you need to give the word time. And this is one thing that a lot of people don't do. We live in a society that everything is instant, instant gratification. I mean, you know, our kids, when we were kids, the town that I grew up in didn't even have a restaurant when I was real little. And the first one they got was this place called Broasted Chicken. And you would go and you'd have to wait for 10 or 15 minutes while they fixed the chicken. You go to a restaurant, they would actually cook the food. But my kids, I remember one time, you know, we went someplace and it wasn't fast food and it took like 10 or 15 minutes for them to cook it. And they said, what's taking them so long? They were used to instant gratification. They were used to everything, just being there. And today, I mean, you can get anything nearly instantly and we've become accustomed to it. But the word of God takes time for it to work. And some people see that as a real negative, but it's actually a positive. It is a, it is a major, it's a big deal because the, the word of God, it takes time for it to germinate and work in your life. But once it gets working, it's like this huge tree that's uh, produced out of it. And that thing can just last through drought, through storms, through all kinds of things. It takes time to get the roots, but it's well worth the investment of the time. And you're going to have to change your mindset if you're going to really see the Word of God work in your life. It is going to take time. And in our society, again, people say, well, I don't have a lot of time, but I give it quality time, not quantity time. Eh. 
That doesn't work, amen. It doesn't work. You have to have quantity time and quality time. It takes time to get the Word of God working in your life. And some people think, well, I've just got other things that are more important. You just, you haven't understood how the kingdom works. There's nothing more important than the Word of God in your life. And a lot of people wait until they've already been diagnosed with cancer and then they start trying to sow the seed, but it takes time. And you, most people wait until they're already in the midst of a storm before they start trying to build their house. And if you are just, I mean, a hundred percent committed, you can do that, but I'm telling you, it's easier to start the construction when the sun's out and it's a nice day and things like that than to wait until you are in a hurricane trying to build a house. And this is where a lot of people miss it. And so it takes time. It says he just has to sleep night and day. If you were to put a seed in the ground and then get up in the morning and go dig it up to see what's happening, you know what? You kill the seed and then you replant it and then you dig it up. If you do that, that seed will never germinate. And likewise, you can't get in the word of God just for a three-day meeting, campus days, and focus on it and then go home and be the same as you were and then come the next time we have a special deal and do that. You can't do it in spurts. You have to leave the word in the ground. And I know that there's this tendency to wonder what's happening. Is that thing really working? Because you know, for a period of time, you don't see any results. But underneath the soil, that seed is germinating. And it takes time. And unless you just put some faith to this, and if you accept the things, you know, I was, I was listening to Barry this morning and to Lawson. Both of them didn't see me in here. We need to pray for your eyesight. I was sitting in here the whole time you was talking. And uh, so anyway, they were, I kind of got off the subject there. I forgot now what point I was going to make. But anyway, you have to leave the seed in the ground. It takes time for the word to work. And unless you're, you have some faith in that and accept these words that we were sharing and the things that all of us were sharing about the importance of the word, you just have to do it and trust the promises in God's word. You know, I, they, those were awesome scriptures that Barry was using and that Lawson was using and, and that I was using about the word of God. The word is, is clear that the word of God is powerful. It will accomplish all of these things. And you just have to trust that and start putting the word in your heart. And for a period of time, you won't see results, but inside of you, something is happening. Something's going on. When I get to this parable of the sower sowing the seed, I'll make a bigger point out of that. But uh, let me just uh, keep right here. It's just a couple of verses down in verse 30. Let me share this with you quickly. It says, and he said, here's another parable. Wherefore shall we liken the kingdom of God and with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all uh, the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh, a, uh, becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. You know, when I first got really turned on to the Lord, I, I was seeking the Lord and the Lord, the very first thing he told me to do is to quit school. I was in secular school and if I quit, I was gonna immediately lose my uh, money from my father's social security for going to school. I was gonna be reclassified and sent to Vietnam and I got kicked out of my church and told I was of the devil and things like this. And so I got drafted and I went to Vietnam and my very first week in Vietnam, uh, they were going through the gas chamber and putting you in a CS gas chamber. And I did that in the States and I nearly died. It's a long story and it's very grody. I won't tell you what it was, but I came close to dying. And when I heard that they were gonna put us through this gas chamber, I said, no way, I'm not going. I was praying and believing God that he was getting me out of that. And that morning at breakfast, they, they asked for volunteers. And the first thing you learn in the army is don't ever volunteer for nothing. But I thought, yeah, I don't care if they use me for target practice. It would be better than going through the gas chamber 
So I was the first one to volunteer and they picked me and what they did was make me the bunker guard. So while everybody else went through the gas chamber, I was laying on my bunker in there just watching things and reading the Bible and praying and it was awesome. And I was praising God for delivering me from that. But I remember that was my first week in Vietnam. I hadn't been assigned yet. And you know, it was real, everything was unsettled. And I was laying on that bunk and I was reading and I came to this passage and I was saying, God, this is what I want to be. I want to be, I want you to use me that I could touch people and have things all over the world. And I was seeing myself as this tree. It was, you know, a great tree and that the fowls of the air could come and lodge in the branches. And I was saying, God, that's what I want. I want growth. I want to be able to touch people. And the Lord just spoke to me. And he said, with the root system that you have right now, if I gave you that growth, the first bird that landed on a tree limb would knock the whole thing over. It says the first puff of wind, if anybody leaned up against you, the whole thing would fall over. He says, your root is about that deep and yet you want to be this big tree. And I said, oops, I see the problem. And he just told me, get in the word of God. And the word of God will teach you everything you know. That's what this is talking about. This man had to just put the seed in the ground and give it time to get rooted. And very few people understand this. And what they want to do is they're going to come here and all right, we're coming to campus days and God, you got until Saturday. And if you totally change my life and if everything works out, well then fine, I'll serve you. That's not how it works. You can have a miracle and you can have God touch you and you can see significant change in just a couple of days, but you aren't going to see something that's going to change your life forever. It takes time for the word of God to be rooted in your heart. And so this man just put the seed in the ground. He slept and rose day after day after day and was just patient, believing that a seed has this power in it. You got to believe in the power of the word. And notice it says that it brought forth fruit. He knows not how. And the Lord also spoke to me that same day, this same thing and told me, he says, you know, I wasn't sure how all of this worked, but the Lord just told me, he says, you don't have to understand it. All you got to do is just sow the seed, just put the seed in your heart. You don't have to understand this. You don't have to uh, be a rocket scientist that make this work. Just get in the word. And God really spoke this to me. And it was really special because when the Lord first called me, like I said, the first thing he did was tell me to get out of school and everybody told me God could never use you. I was actually kicked out of a church saying God would never tell anybody to quit school. And uh, they got really down on my case. And I, I had this fear, all of these negative things that were spoken over me. And I was saying, God, how am I ever going to make it? And there wasn't a single person telling me that you can make it. And the Lord really spoke this to me that you don't have to understand it. You don't have to be this brilliant person. The seed is the power. All you got to be is good dirt. You just got to be good soil. If you will just put the word in your heart, the seed will do everything else. That was big to me. And that was a major revelation. And then it says, and he should sleep and rise night and day. The seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. The Lord told me that your heart is designed to just make the seed germinate. And like I was saying this morning, it doesn't matter what seed you plant in it, your heart will start giving life to whatever you watch. If you watch pornography, it will cause that, that those seeds that you're sowing in your life to germinate and it'll start bringing forth sexual sin and problems like that. If you watch, all you do is listen to the 10 Spies Network, you're gonna bring forth fear and doubt and all of these kind of things. But if you sow the word of God, your heart is designed that these truths just release life on the inside of you. I still don't understand it, but I've seen it. I've experienced it so much. I believe this with all of my heart. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, there's not a person in here. There's not a person in here that's a dud. That is a failure. You may say, well, you don't know me. You don't know you. You don't know what your true potential is. You've been sowing the wrong thing in your life. I'm telling you, this works. We've seen people come into this Bible school that you look at them and think they won't last a week. 
And yet for whatever reason they stay and the seed just begins to change them. And I mean, it just transforms them. I remember this one kid that came and uh, his mother was a partner of mine and he was, I think only 17 years old and he, she bought him or rented him a town home, put all of the furniture in it and bought him a car, paid all of his expenses if he would come to CBC for six months. And so he did. And when he came, he, he was a neat kid and he's a nice guy. Everybody liked him, but he told everybody, I don't want to be here. I'm here to get the car and to get these things. And at Christmas, I'm gone. You'll never see me again. And so he didn't make any bones about it. He didn't want to be here. He came because he was bribed, but he sat in classes. And by the time Christmas came, he went home, told us all bye, but he was from Chicago. And when he went back, two of his friends had been killed. He was in an area that there was a person killed on in his neighborhood every day. And two of his friends had been killed. He went back and tried to get back into the lifestyle and he didn't even know it, but he had changed. The word of God had changed him. And he got to witnessing to his friends and talking to them and saying, this isn't right. And he didn't fit anymore. And he was back by January and he went through two years of school and graduated. And I just heard last week that he's moving back here and maybe coming to our third year program. Amen. I don't know that for sure, but somebody was telling me that that's what's going to happen. And I, I've seen this happen over and over and over that people come in one way and they just get changed. You don't have to understand it. I'm just telling you it'll work. It's like, uh, it's, one of those ants, I think it is. I always get this confused whether it's ants or bees. But anyway, you take just a regular worker and you feed them this royal jelly. Is that the bees? You feed them this special diet and you can take just a regular worker ant, feed it a special diet and it becomes the queen. And that's the way it is. You, you might consider yourself as I'm nobody special. You got a heart, you got ground, and if you will put the word of God in it, I guarantee you the word of God will promote you. It will bring you before great men. It will cause things to happen. I'm telling you, some of you think I'm exaggerating, but I have seen it. I've seen it happen with myself. I've seen it happen with other people. It just works. The word of God will transform your life. It's guaranteed. This is a money back guarantee. There's not a person in here that if you were to come say, well, I'm just going to try it out. And if you came and sat here for two years or three years, as Greg's always saying, <laughs> if you come here and sit under the word, I guarantee you, you will be different when you get out of here. It will transform your life. It's absolutely true. Now, if you love it, if you seek it, if you open up your heart and really commit yourself to it, you can get even better results. But if you just come here half-heartedly, it would change you if you'll just stay the course. I'm telling you, the Word of God is powerful. But it's got to be sown, and you don't have to understand it. It just brings forth fruit. That's the way that God made you. You know not how. And in verse 28, it says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Here's another thing. It not only takes time for the Word to germinate, and start producing visible fruit. But then once the fruit starts coming, there's steps and stages to it. There's first the blade, then the ear, and then a full corn in the ear. And it's amazing how most people, again, just want instant results. And I've learned in, in my time in ministry that, you know what, if you could sit there and do things just in steps, you usually wind up doing it quicker and better than to try and, you know, just do everything all at once. People want to go out and just accomplish these things. People come into our school and, you know, we have pastors come in that pastor two, three, four thousand member churches. We have these people come into business school that led multi-billion dollar companies and all of these things. And we give these testimonies and People talk about what's happening and they see all of these instructors who are living at a certain level and they give credit to the Lord. And so the people just say, well, that's what I want. And they want to accomplish it within the next two or three days. 
and they don't understand that it takes decades sometimes to grow and to see these things happen. And because of it, people get discouraged and they, they quit along the way. I'm telling you, you got to get this concept that there's first the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. Over in Romans chapter 2, a verse that I used this morning, it says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Again, here's a similar type of thing. There's good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Some people say that that's only one thing. Those are, those are three words describing one thing. But I, you could make that point. But I believe it's also showing that there is the good and then the acceptable and then the perfect will of God. You move into the things of God by stages. It's this old adage, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. If you try and eat the whole thing all at once, you'll choke. You can't do it. It's impossible. But you know what? You can eat an elephant one bite at a time. You can, you know, if you can't see a hundred percent healing happen all at once, then start believing God for a 10% reduction in your pain. If you couldn't walk a mile, well, just believe that you can walk from, you know, your front door to the back door. Start in steps and stages. If you would do things like this, you can accomplish anything in pieces. But people just uh, shoot for something and get discouraged because it doesn't come all at once. This is a clear statement right here that the word of God produces first a blade, then an ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And if you aren't aware of how the word works like this, you can actually stretch yourself so far, believe for something so big, not understanding that it's gonna come in growth and you could wind up being discouraged and defeated and, and impatience is just a killer to faith. You've got to be patient. You've got to trust that the word of God's working and I don't care how long it takes me to get there, I'll get there. You know, when it came to this building, people said, did you ever doubt that this building would get built? Never, ever. I never doubted it. I did question about when because I didn't know if I'd be able to get everything in on time. As it turned out, praise God, we never slowed down. We never stopped construction on it and it worked. But you know what? I, uh, it wouldn't have surprised me if it would have taken me a little bit longer. I've learned to be patient, but I knew it would come to pass. I know that what God puts in my heart will happen. The only thing I have to pray about is when. God, does it happen now? Do I go full force? Do I go 50%? You have to use some wisdom because of this principle. There's first a blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. Some of you have heard me tell this, but we had a Bible college student in our first year, and this guy had lived in a mental ward for 30-something years. He was in his 40s or 50s, and he had been in a mental ward that entire time, had never worked a job, had never done anything, didn't have any social skills, didn't know how to get along with people, but he was a neat guy. He really loved the Lord, and he had watched me on TV. He was excited. And so he started coming to school and uh, he was receiving the word and he was really receptive to it. But he, I just took him as my special project. I started teaching him the book of Proverbs and teaching him how to prosper and teaching him how to just get along with people. And uh, so anyway, I was investing a lot of time in him and this guy started getting so excited about the word that he went to Manitou Springs to this place called the Clift House. And it was a hotel that was built in the 1800s. It was built out of stone, but of course it had a lot of wood on the inside and the thing had caught fire and burned and it was derelict. And it was just sitting there. It had been deserted for, I don't know, 10 years that I knew of before. And the thing was up for sale for two and a half million dollars. And it had 110 rooms in it or something like this. And it used to be the show place in the 1800s. And so anyway, this guy went and he uh, found out how much it cost. He figured out, uh, you know, if he borrowed the money, how much the payments would be. And then he took all of the number of rooms and figured out how much money he could make if he rented it out to our Bible college students. He figured out how much it would take to uh, renovate it and he figured two and a half million dollars. So there was gonna be over five million, five to six million dollars in this thing and then the income that he could get out of renting all of those rooms would pay for all of the interest and the monthly payments and stuff. 
And so he came to me and he had this little thing that he had put together a whole plan of how much it was going to cost. He had done a lot of research and stuff. And he came to me and he says, look what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy the cliff house. I'm going to renovate it. We're going to turn it into student housing. What do you think? And I looked at it and I said, you know what? I'm proud of you for dreaming. This is awesome. But then I said, I can guarantee you this is not God. And this guy, his face just dropped. He, got, he went from excitement to disappointment. How could you say something like that? And I, start, I told him, I said, you have never worked a job in your life. You have never earned one dime. His parents were paying for him to come to Bible school. I said, you've never done anything. You've never balanced a checkbook. You've never done anything. And you're going to jump from never having done anything, never managed anything to doing a five to six million dollar project and be able to manage it and do all of this stuff. I said, that's not how it works. You go out and get a job and you start making some money and get to where you live on your own and you support yourself and then you start seeing you increase and start investing and doing things and you see some other project develop and stuff and then come to me with this and tell me and I'll say, man, go for it. And I know some of you think that's hard, but I'm telling you, this is how the kingdom works. You don't just step from never having done something into seeing these things happen. There is a growth process and there is always a blade and then the ear and then the full corn in the ear. There's a growth process. And if you're ignorant of that, all you're going to do, you aren't going to circumvent this process. All you're going to do is really make some serious mistakes, get discouraged, be disappointed, then become bitter at God and stuff because you didn't let the word of God work. You know, I heard Barry today. Uh, yeah, it was Barry today. I heard Barry saying when he didn't think I was in here. But I heard him saying that he didn't want any of this stuff. He just was following God. God led him here to Colorado. And then uh, actually his wife, Betty Kay, had a job first. And he started answering emails for me. And he never said a word about he had been a missionary in Chile, that he could speak Spanish, that he had run a Bible school. He, he never shared any of this stuff. He didn't promote himself. He didn't ask for anything. He was just following God. And he was faithful, I think, for two or three years, answering email and did a great job and ministered to a lot of people. And then I think it was Gary found out and just talking with him what he had done and invited him to come speak in the Bible college. And man, when he spoke at the Bible college, the students gave him a standing ovation. They sold more of his CDs than any person who had ever been in our Bible school. And by default, Gary started using him more because he was so popular and pretty soon he became a teacher and now he's our dean of students and God is just using this man. But he said he didn't seek any of this. He didn't have a goal. He wasn't, he just was letting the word take root in his heart. And I can guarantee you this, if God's word ever takes root in your heart, it, you may not be called to teach like Barry is. You may not, you may be called to do something else, but whatever it is that God's plan for you is, if you will just take the word and meditate in it day and night, it says in Joshua chapter one, verse eight, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then, then when? Then when you have meditated in it day and night, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. It's not a might happen. It's not, it happens in some cases, in the majority of the cases. This is just a guarantee. If you meditate in this book of the law day and night and observe to do what it says, you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success. It'll promote you just as Barry was talking about. It will bring whatever it is that God's called for you. It'll bring it to pass, but you're going to have to let the word do it instead of you trying to kick the doors down and make things happen. And this is where so many people miss it. They get excited, but they don't let the word work. They don't let the word promote them. And so they go out and try and do it on their own and they, they peak too early. They get out and try and make something come to pass. I'm telling you, that's not how it is. You've never seen 
an apple tree just moan and groan and shake and all of a sudden you hear this and boom, here's an apple. That's not how it works. You just plant the seed and if you'll give it time and it takes about seven years for an apple tree, I think it is, to start actually producing fruit. fruit. But you let it go and then it'll grow and it'll get bigger and bigger and if you'll just give it time, it is the nature of that seed to have apples. It will produce apples if you give it time and if you don't short circuit the process. It just happens. I'm telling you the word of God will transform your life. It will bring you to a place to where you fulfill God's destiny, to where you know you are in the center of God's will. You know, there are some of you that have never felt the joy of knowing you are exactly where God told you to be, doing exactly what God told you to do. You hope you are, you pray for it. Maybe things are okay and going good, but you don't know for sure. I tell you, that's no way to live life. Life is too short to just bump through it and hope you're doing okay. You take the word of God and put it in your heart, it'll begin to start working in your life and you will know, you will have things happen that you know you are in the center of God's will. You know, I was in a place in Charlotte, North Carolina and one of my partners there, he doesn't own this business anymore, but for about 15 years, he would invite me in every year to speak to his uh, staff. And so I'd always go back and we saw great things happen. And one year I came out after speaking to his staff and there was an oriental lady sitting at the reception desk and she wasn't back there. So I walked up and started talking to her and I said, you must be new here. And she said, yeah, I'm the new one. They made me answer the phones while everybody else was back there listening to this guy. And uh, she says, who are you? And I said, I'm the guy they was listening to. <laughs> and she says, what do you do? And I said, I'm a minister. And boy, her eyes got big. And she says, for who? And I said, for the Lord Jesus Christ. And she says, you're the one. And I said, I'm the one what? And she said she was a Buddhist. And the night before, she was worshiping however, I don't know how they worship, but she was going through her things and saying all of this stuff and doing her prayers and stuff. And she stopped right in the middle. And she says, God, I know you exist, but I can't believe this is God. She says, I just don't think this is it. And she says, but I know that there is a God. Whoever you are, would you reveal yourself to me? Show me who you are. And she says instantly there was this ball of light right in front of her that was just pulsating and, and giving out light. And she heard an audible voice and she says, tomorrow I'll send you a man who will tell you who I am. And she says, you're the man. And I said, I'm that man. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? I got to lead this lady to the Lord, get her baptized in the Holy Spirit. She got set free. And when I walked out of there, I sat in my car and I thought, God, this is awesome. I know that I was exactly where I was supposed to be today. And I can't tell you what that's like. Many of you I know have experienced it, but just to know that you are exactly where God called you to be, that's awesome. And if you ever experience that, it'll become addictive. You'll get to where you can't live, to where you just are doing your thing and asking God to bless it and hoping that everything's going to work out. I tell you, this isn't a dress rehearsal. This is the real deal and light, daylight's burning and you've got to make progress now. This is the only life that you've got and you need to find out what God's will is. And I'm telling you that putting the word in your heart if you will just leave it there, it'll just work. You don't have to understand it. The Word of God will work and it'll start producing fruit. First a little bit, the blade, the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And it just happens. It is really this simple. This is not easy. I guarantee you one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life is to commit yourself to the Word of God. Everything in you'll be screaming. That what about this team? Where are they in the standings? And you know what? Instead, and what about this? Man, I'd love to go see this. You know, this will make this will ruin you for trivial pursuit. You'll be no good if you start putting the word of God in your heart and meditating in it day and night. 
You'll probably lose every game of trivial pursuit you ever play. But I guarantee you, the Word of God will change you. I've missed out on basically 46 years of American culture. I don't know much about it. I, I was hearing some of the speakers today talk about stuff. And, you know, I don't even know what most of this stuff is. I was in Cancun and I was down there and we have a guy, David Hinton. I don't know if you've heard him, but he ministers to our men. And this guy's just great. And when he first got saved, all he knew was these secular songs. And he wanted to witness for the Lord. So he'd go rent spaces at these uh, craft show stuff. And he would just play his guitar and he would sing Amazing Grace to all of these different things. Sweet Home Alabama and all of this stuff. And, he, and it's awesome. He has this uh, medley of 29 songs, I believe. And they're all Amazing Grace to these different tunes. And it's awesome. People love it. But anyway, he sings La Bamba but he sings Amazing Grace to it. I had never heard La Bamba. I was in Cancun and they started playing that and I said, Jamie, they're playing Amazing Grace. <laughs> I just don't know much. If it's not in the Bible, I don't know it. But you know what? I'm not saying that you have to be as narrow-minded as I am, but I am saying that you know what? All I've done for 46 years is seek the Lord and study the word and try and let the word of God dominate me. And it's producing fruit in my life. People's lives are being changed. And I'm telling you, when we get to heaven, I don't think anybody's going to care about whether you watched, what was it? You were talking about American Idol. Never seen that show, but it, the name doesn't sound appealing to me. <laughs> I'm not going to worship any idol. And, uh, when you get to heaven, nobody's going to care about that or who made it on Survivor or whatever it is that's going on today. That stuff is not going to count for anything, but the word that you put in your heart will change you, change your destiny, change people, and you'll be reaping results throughout eternity for every bit of time you've spent in the word of God. Every revelation that comes out of the word of God will be changing you I mean, until we go to be with the Lord and then once we get on the other side, you'll be reaping all of the people that that word has impacted. And I guarantee you, you'll love it. If you were to commit yourself and come to school, I can guarantee you when we get to heaven, there won't, be a, there won't ever be a person come up to me and say, I wish you hadn't have encouraged me to come to Bible college. I wished I'd have been more carnal. I wished I'd have done something else. I wished I could have done. There won't be a single person upset. You'll come up and hug me and kiss me and thank me for getting you to stick your nose in the word. And you know what? The way that I've studied the word, when I started studying the word, there wasn't as much ministry as there is today. And I didn't know what to do. And I was a Baptist and the Baptist didn't know about any of these other people that were preaching the word and I didn't have anything. And so I just got into the word for anywhere from 10 to 15 hours a day for probably three or four years. That's all I did was study the word and just meditate in it. And I was getting truths from God, but it was, you know, I'd read huge portions of scripture and then I'd get one truth and then I'd read the other portions and I'd get another truth. And over the years, I've been able to take these things I've got and put them together and come up with understanding of the word of God. And now I can put out and help you to understand something in a year's time that it took me 15 years to learn. So there is benefit to learning from other people, but uh, we can help you. But there still is this process that you've got to get into the word, get the word into you, let it just work. Have faith that it's going to work. You don't have to understand it. Just believe that the word of God is going to produce what God's word said it was. And you just let it stay there. You meditate in it and it'll start working. And there'll first be a little blade and then the ear and then the full corn in the ear. You know, in my life, I didn't start doing what I'm doing now. I started out doing all kinds of things, teaching Sunday school classes, teaching Bible studies, doing all kinds of stuff. And it's, there's been steps and stages to it. As a matter of fact, this isn't going to bless some of you, but it's the truth. This is my testimony and I'm sticking with it. God, I was born again in uh, 58 
And I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and called a minister in 68, March the 23rd of 1968. Sunday will be my 46th anniversary of that. And that's when things started and I started ministering immediately. And I have ministered since 1968. And in 19, um, what was it, 1998, or no, 1999, July the 20 something of 1999, when the Lord had already spoken to me about going on television, I was gonna start January the 3rd of 2000. And he told me this and I was already beginning the process. We had hired Stephen Bransford. We were beginning to develop what we would do and how we would do this. We, we were doing things. And in July, before I went on in January, the Lord spoke to me and he says, you're just now starting your ministry. And you know what, that was 31 years after God had called me into the ministry and I had been ministering day and night. He says, you're just now starting. If you would have died before you get on television, January the 3rd, 2000, he says, you would have missed my will for your life. And you know, in a way that wasn't encouraging <laughs> because man, I had put a lot of effort into it. I had been praying and doing everything I knew for 31 years and there had been good results. We had already seen people raised from the dead by that time. We, I'd pastored three churches. I had done a lot of good things. We were already on radio. We were on about 100 radio stations and we were doing a lot of things. We had seen good things happen and in one way it was discouraging to think all of this was preparation. But in the other hand, it was in it was exciting because man, if all of this was preparation, then the best is yet to come. And there was something better and it got me excited thinking, man, this is awesome. And I can testify to you that when we started on television, it's just like somebody turned a switch. Everything that had been hard before started working nearly effortlessly. And we have just seen people respond. Used to, uh, man, it seems like that there was much more resistance and rejection than there was acceptance. But when we started on television, people just started receiving. And then uh, January the 31st, 2002, the Lord told me I was limiting how much he could bless me and use me because of my small thinking. And he used Psalm 78:41. And man, I came to my staff and told him, and did you know that since that time we've increased like 15 times over? We're impacting a lot of things. Everything is happening. What, I, what I'm saying is all of that other stuff for 31 years with me was preparation. And some of you, that's so discouraging. You think, well, I'm not even gonna try then. It doesn't have to be 31 years. I'm not the quickest learner that there ever was. But I, the same principle applies. It, you can shorten a period of time, but you cannot stop there from being a seed, time, and harvest. And it's actually more like seed and then time and then harvest. And there is just a growth process to this. But man, once it starts, if you just continue with this, you can't stop it. Right now, Jamie and I are at a place where God is just blessing us in so many ways. I had a vision when I was in South Africa and I was just sitting down meditating and looking out over the landscape and just praising God for things. And I had my computer on my lap and because I wasn't using it, the screensaver came home and it brought up a picture that I took in Vietnam looking out my bunker, you could see the circular uh, shape of the bunker and I was taking a picture of a sunrise. And it was a real low time in my life and I was just thinking, God, what's gonna happen with me? And as I was just thinking and praising God, I looked down and saw that picture and instantly had a flashback, remembered exactly where I was and what I was praying. And I started saying, God, look what you have done. Look how faithful you've been. And I had a vision of Jamie and me pushing this big boulder that was taller than us up a hill. And, and uh, for the first 31 years of our life, it was like we were pushing this boulder up a hill. And if we would have stopped for a moment, if we would have just stopped to even take a breath and rest, that we would have lost all of our momentum. This thing would have rolled back and crushed us. And for 31 years, it was just like that. It was like effort the whole time. And then when I started on television, it was like we crested the hill and it was flat. And we were able to push the boulder with much, much less resistant. And it was relatively easy. 
And then as I kept thinking on this, I saw us go down the other side and now the boulder was running so fast that Jamie and I were running just as fast as we could to keep up with it. And the Lord showed me that that's kind of the way our ministry's been. And it was just a struggle and a strain. It hit relatively easy. And since the Lord showed me how to take the limits off of him, I mean, God has accelerated and awesome things are happening. But the reason I bring that out is to say, see, there was this progression. There's steps and stages. And instead of being hurt by that or intimidated or bothered by it, man, you ought to embrace it and understand that, man, it's for your own good. God does this because He loves you more than He loves what you can do for Him. And that is not the mindset of most people. The church basically, you know, just do something for God. You got to do a work for God. But God loves you and God will never put you in a position where, you, where He intends for you to fail. Now you always have the potential of not seeking the Lord, not following Him and, and failing. But I'm saying the Lord loves you and if you will allow Him, He will nurture you and He'll help you to grow. And I, you don't ever have to pray, God, use me. Never, ever, ever. God wants to use you more than you want to use. What you should be praying is saying, Lord, make me usable. Lord, do in me what I need to have done so that I can fulfill your will and can occupy the place that you want me to step into. And if you would just make yourself available to the Lord, God will work in you. And many times the reason God isn't using you is because you aren't usable and He loves you and He doesn't want to see you used up and wasted and hurt. I was in a prayer, I mean, I was ministering one time at a minister's group and a whole group of ministers came up for prayer. And there was a guy on the end down here who I didn't know him at this time. I got to know him afterwards, but he was the first one in the row. So I went down and I started to pray and I skipped him. I just didn't want to pray for him. I didn't know why, but I just didn't want to pray for him. So I skipped him and started with the next person and went down the whole line and prophesied over every single one. And when I got down to this end, there was that guy. He had gotten out of line and come back around and he got in this side. And so when I got to him, I just stopped and I started to work, walk away. And he said, hey, why won't you pray for me? And he just put me on the spot in front of all these people. So I said, okay. And anyway, I started praying for him and I said, you know, you are just so eager to be used of God and you've been praying and you've been rebuking the devil and you believe it's the devil that's stopping your ministry from working. I said, it's not the devil, it's God. God has been closing doors on you because he loves you and you would ruin the whole thing if he opened up the doors now. And this guy did not care for this prophecy. And he came up to me afterwards and he'd only, he had been a homosexual. He had only been born again for a couple of months and he had a vision of having a ministry to the homosexual community and going out and going into these gay bars and doing stuff. And that's what he was believing for and it just wasn't working out and he was rebuking it as if it was God. And I got to talk to him and anyway, the guy realized it wasn't, it wasn't the devil it was God that was closing the doors and he began to wait, but he still got into it too early and he only lasted a year or two and then he wound up going back into the lifestyle and things didn't work out because he was just impatient. And I tell you, you can't just turn your life around. You can be forgiven instantly. You can be excited instantly. You can have a vision of what God wants you to do, but I guarantee you for God to put you in a position of leadership, it takes time for God to work things in you. Moses, God revealed to him 10 years before it was time for Moses to do what God called him to do. Moses got impatient and tried to make it come right then, wound up spending 40 years in the wilderness and cost the children of Israel 30 years extra bondage because he was self-willed and didn't wait on God's timing. Did you know 10 years from my study of the scriptures would have been the shortest period of time for any major character in the Bible to be called and get into his ministry. With David, it was around uh, 17 years. With Paul, he spent three years in the deserts and then it was 13 years after that. So that's a total of 16 years for Paul. Even the people who sat under Jesus for three and a half years and heard the greatest teacher, saw the greatest ministry that ever existed. It was three and a half years. 
for them. I mean, you just don't see people being used instantly. They can be called instantly. They can begin to grow instantly. But it's going to take time for God to really work His will in your life. And this is one of the things I've learned through the Word, that you just sleep and rise night and day. You just trust that God, the Word, is changing me. You meditate in it day and night, and you will make your way prosperous. You will have good success, but it'll come in steps and stages. First the blade, then the ear, and then the full corn in the ear. And as soon as the fruit is brought forth, immediately you put in the sickle. The moment the fruit comes to perfection, I guarantee you, God is going to use you. The moment you get usable, God will put you in a place to where you can start seeing His will and His purpose for your life come to pass. God wants to bless you and use you more than you want to be used. You do not have to beg God to use you. All you got to do is just seek God, take the Word, be patient, let the Word of God work, and I can guarantee you, when you get to a place that you can handle it, God will give you more than you have ever thought possible. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you ask or think. But it's according to the power that works in you. Ephesians 3.20. And these are powerful truths that I'm sharing right here. And if what I'm saying is true, which it is, then you know what? Why in the world are we spinning our wheels and doing so much other stuff when this is a guarantee that you do this and it'll work? And somebody says, but I don't have three years. Well, let me ask you, what are you going to be doing in the next three years? If you don't take the Word of God and let it work, how's the last three years been? How's that self-will stuff working for you? You know, the vast majority of people are struggling, but they just want to pray and fast and call the prayer chain. And if it doesn't work with you, then you get a hundred people praying and then you get a thousand people and we're just going to make it happen. And we try and squeeze these results out of God. But God gave us the plan and it's a seed. You just take the seed, you put it in your heart, you meditate in it day and night and it brings forth fruit. You don't know how it just works but it takes time. It takes faith in the process. And if you'll do it, I guarantee you, it will change your life. It would change every single person in here. Man, I believe that with all of my heart. And so that was my focus. I committed, on that, committed to this and it has changed my life. I've seen it change the lives of other people. You heard Barry talking about it today. Uh, Lawson talking about it. I'm telling you, this is how it works, brothers and sisters. And you can go through the school of hard knocks. That's what I did. And if you survive, it makes a great school. But not everybody's going to survive. I tell you, it's wonderful to have people that have had so much experience in the Word of God and to have people around you. You know, one of the dynamics of the school, it's much more than just the teachers and the Word, it, although that's the foundation and that's what we're emphasizing. But it's, it's encouraging to be around people from all over the world who have been touched in the same way, who have the same desires, the same goal, that have the same love, that share the same values. It's encouraging. And our student body, you know, I don't know how to describe this even, but when you come here, there is an atmosphere. There is a something I don't know what it is. I know it's the Lord, but I mean, I don't know how he does it. But there is something that when you come in here, you get so encouraged by the other people and built up and it helps that. It's like miracle grow for your seed. This Bible college is like miracle grow. And you can grow without it, but you won't have near the fruit and it'll take longer and it's going to be a greater strain I'm telling you, this is a healthy place to be. Amen. Amen. So I just want to encourage you. I'm going to be sharing next tomorrow morning about the parable of the sower sowing the seed. But uh, it's, it's going to be the same principle, just expressed in different things. Jesus taught 10 parables this, that day that we're reading about on this very thing and just came at it from different directions. But I'm telling you, this is what the kingdom is all about. The Word of God is the greatest Thing that God ever gave us outside of Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is the key to everything. 
People have died, put their lives on the line. Wycliffe got burned at the stake for translating the Bible into English. But you know, when I forget the exact number of years, within 10, 12 years, something like that, there was such an outcry over what happened that, that King James came along and translated the Bible into English. And Wycliffe's life didn't perish for nothing. It was one of the catalysts that changed the whole thing and turned it around. And, but I'm telling you, people have given their lives to give you this book. The Lord has led people to do this when it's cost them their life. They've been persecuted. Terrible things have happened. We have the greatest gift outside of the Godhead that God has ever given the human race and the average person doesn't even know what it says. You know, one of the things we do in our Bible college, first year students must, must read the Bible. It's part of your grade. It's 20% of your grade. If you make 100 on every test, but you don't read through the Bible in one year, the most you could make would be 80. And I've had people complain, this is hard. You don't understand. I'm having to work a job and everything. But I'm telling you to come to a Bible college, to graduate from a Bible college and never have, it, have read the Bible is wrong. The least you can do is read it. That doesn't mean you understand it. That doesn't mean it's working in your life. But how in the world are you ever going to get it working if you don't at least put it in your brain? And it, we put an emphasis on it. And you will have to read the begats and all of the laws and the regulations. And you'll have to read every word of the Bible from Genesis to maps to be able to pass the first year. Amen. It's important. And I know that many of you say, oh yeah, it's important. And I'm not going to ask you to do this. Don't respond outwardly. But if I said, how many of you have read through the entire Bible? I wouldn't be surprised to see 50% or more in here that have never read the entire Bible. Most people read selected portions. They pick a little thing out of your daily bread box and you read one verse as you're walking out the door or you listen to the pastor read it and you study along with him when you go to church. But the average Christian doesn't even know what the word says. And of course, reading the Bible one time is not going to give you a good understanding of it. Man, you got to learn to study it. You got to learn to get revelation from it. And there's just a lot more to it than that. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we got the greatest treasure, the most powerful thing that God has ever given us. And most of us aren't taking advantage of it. And then we're frustrated and wondering, God, why aren't things working? This may not be the answer you wanted, but I'm giving you the answer. I'm telling you why things don't work better. And it's because God's people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. And you can change that. You can change that. You can get into the word of God and we want to help you do it. But whether you come here or not, you've got to get to where you put God's word first in your life. You got to meditate in it day and night. And you do that, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Your leaf will work even in a drought. Your leaf won't wither. Whatever you do will prosper. Everybody wants the prosperity, but they don't necessarily want what the scripture says to get there. This isn't necessarily the easiest thing that you may hear somebody say, but it's a sure deal. It'll work. Amen. So Father, I just share these truths with everybody and right now I pray over the seed that I've sown tonight, over these truths. And Father, I pray that these seeds will enter into our hearts, that they'll get below the surface, beyond just our mind and they'll enter into our hearts where they can grow. And Father, I pray that people here tonight would embrace this seed and let it start working, that people would make a decision to put God's word first place in their life. To not depend on what somebody else says about the Bible, but Father, they would know it for themselves, that the Holy Spirit would speak to them directly. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the miracle that you've put in our heart, that it can release this life. Our spirit has all of your power in it. Thank you for the seed that you've given us that when we plant that in our heart, it just draws out this supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for our huge potential. 
And Father, I'm believing that tonight you call people to release this potential. That Father, every person in here would find your perfect will for their life. That they would go out and fulfill it. And that Father, not only would they be blessed, but Father, that tens of thousands, millions of people would be blessed because of what people are deciding right now. Because of decisions that they're making to put the Word of God in their life. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to right now give every person a vision of what the Word of God could do in their life, what they could accomplish. Thank you, Father. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit puts a Holy Ghost dissatisfaction in our hearts for just life as normal. That, Father, we would be discontent with being like everybody else and just living our few years and dying and nobody missing us. Father, I pray that you'd put in people's hearts a desire to reach their full potential. Father, to let your calling for their life come to fruition. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody here right now thinking, but you don't understand, I've already messed up. I tried and it didn't work. I've already blown it. This is a word, of, word from God for you that God's saying you didn't blow it. Moses blew it. Moses killed the person. Moses spent 30 years in the wilderness that he didn't have to. And yet look what God did with Moses. You hadn't blown it. God can get you back on track. He's at least as good as a GPS. He can recalculate and find you another route to get back to where he wants you to go. There's nobody in here that's blown it. That was a special word for somebody who was feeling that this won't work for me. I've already tried it. It will work for you. It will work. It'll work. Thank you, Jesus. There's somebody else that you're ready to quit. And I hear the Lord saying, don't quit. And you feel, but I've got to quit. I'm beaten. You aren't beaten until you quit. Don't quit. Man, that's a word from God for somebody. Don't quit. There's a seed, time, and harvest. If you'll continue, you aren't, the Lord is saying that you aren't very far away from your breakthrough. You may not have even really found God's perfect will for your life yet. You may just be in the blade stage. You may still be just working towards it, but you aren't very far from hitting a place where you could just start seeing the the things of God work in your life, but you're gonna to have to stay the course. You can't quit. Don't give up. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I believe that you are speaking this to people. There's people watching this right now. There's people in other countries watching this right now by the live streaming and God is speaking to you. And there's some of you that you know God has a great plan for your life and you just don't know what it is and you wonder how do I get from here to there? The Lord is saying you just don't quit. You just keep sleeping and rising night and day and trust that the Word of God is gonna work and it's gonna produce. God's got great things in store for you. Father, I pray this over all of these people and we just thank you, Father. Thank you that the Word of God is gonna change our life, that we will be people who will mix the Word with faith and that it will have its full impact in our life. Thank you, Father, for sending your word and healing us and delivering us from all of our destructions. Thank you, Jesus, that the word is health unto all of our flesh and life to those who find it, that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the, uh, to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Father, thank you that the word of God is just doing its work here tonight. I praise you in advance for the awesome fruit that's gonna grow from sharing these seeds of your word here tonight. Thank you, Father. We agree and receive that in the name of Jesus. You know, before I do anything else, I wanna give an invitation. If there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus personally, you have to be born again. We had one person born again at the healing service this afternoon, and I didn't give an invitation for that, but they just saw the power of God and they wanted it. 
But you know what? If you don't know Jesus, the ground that the seed of God's Word is planted in is bad ground. The Bible says that our nature is that of the devil before you're born again. You're separated from God. And so all that it can produce is bad fruit. The very first thing you have to do is you have to receive Jesus and get a new heart that is fertile and rich and it's got all of these things in it for you to plant the Word in. If you don't know Jesus personally, you must be born again. It's absolutely necessary. And you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit includes speaking in tongues. And there's a lot of things it includes. That's not all there is to it. But one thing that happened to me when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's like I got a brand new Bible. Man, the Word came alive to me. Prior to that time, I would force myself to read the Bible. I've read the Bible every day of my life since I was old enough to read. And I would always read and go through the motions, but it was not, I wasn't getting anything from it. When I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I mean, it's like I couldn't open the Bible without it just yelling at me. I'd open it up and, I'd, and God would just speak to me. I couldn't read more than one verse without getting something that was changing my life because the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. It's not written to your head. It's written to your heart. You have to let the Holy Spirit give you revelation of it. And there's many things that happen with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but I guarantee you in my life, probably the dominant thing was the Word of God just came alive. It was powerful, still is. And if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which includes speaking in tongues, I can guarantee you this is gonna be hard for you to understand. It was written by the Holy Spirit. It has to be interpreted by the Holy Spirit. And you have to let the Holy Spirit give you revelation of it. And so if you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, somebody says, well, I thought I got all that when I got saved. I haven't got time to teach on it, but if you don't speak in tongues, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Or I believe it's possible to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and not speak in tongues, but somebody's messed with you, if, if that's the way it is. It's part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, when they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke with tongues and it's a powerful gift. So if you don't have it, you either haven't got everything that you're entitled to with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or you either don't have the Holy Spirit. So I'd like to give you an invitation tonight if you need one of those two things. If you need to be born again or if you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this gift of speaking in tongues, we would like to pray with you and you can receive instantly tonight. You could be saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit tonight before you leave this place. And I guarantee you it's life changing. It'll change you. Is there anybody here that would raise your hand and say, that's me. I want you to pray for me. Anybody here that does not have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you don't speak in tongues and you'd like to receive it. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. We hope your heart has been quickened by hearing the Word of God through this message. It's the faithful support of people like you who make this ministry possible. We invite you to prayerfully consider becoming a partner with Andrew Womack Ministries. We maintain a website at awmi.net. Our helpline number is 719-635-1111, or you can write us at P.O. Box 3333, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80934. Until next time, we pray that you'll reach out by faith and receive everything that's yours through God's grace.